from the campus of Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington. You're listening to the G Suite Podcast, where we discuss all things Zag business. Episode 8. Monica Marmalejo is the controller at the Seattle Mariners. Originally from California, Monica moved to Spokane during high school and is a first-generation college student. She talks of her experience at Gonzaga, her obstacles along the way, and what drives her to give back to the communities she's been a part of. Hello there. Hello, hello. What is happening? <laughs> Nothing much. Just staying busy over here. Just another, you? Day, another day in paradise, huh? That's right. That's right. Hey, well, let me say this first. Um, awesome job in the All-Star game. Yeah, it, looked, it seemed awesome. Everything I wasn't there, but everything I saw looked awesome. So, yeah. good. I'm glad. I love hearing. I'm like, how did it look on TV? Because we were having so much fun over here. So, so is that like an all hands on deck event? Everyone's gonna was. make it happen. Two, two yeah. years in the making. Yeah. So it was. Yeah, it was crazy. It was two years of weekly meetings and plenty of MLB visits and. To see it all come together was really rewarding. Like, well, it looks real awesome. And for folks that uh, are listening, we're talking about the Major League Baseball All-Star Game held uh, at the Mariners' home home field, T-Mobile. Still T-Mobile? Yes, T-Mobile Park. That's right. Yes, they switched out. Yes. And I actually, um, I got to go to the Zag Day. Uh, oh, yeah, Gonzaga night. Yeah, uh, I, yep. I brought my seven-year-old first first baseball game. It was awesome. Everything oh, about it was awesome. Yeah, you had a good time. Yeah, and if you saw a bump in revenue from the team store uh, around that time, <laughs> you're very welcome. Thank, <laughs> so, you, thank, you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. That is so great. I love hearing when people come to to the ballpark uh, and have a great time. So yeah. I'm glad Absolutely. you made the trek. Well, over. welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually an honor to have you. Yeah, we're just, we, we have a lot of fun. We're just hanging out and we're Fantastic. Zags hanging out with Zeg. So yeah, uh, no, this is exciting. Yeah. It's a great, great project. Yeah. So, so um, for folks who may not know you listening, all the, all the, the 10 people who are listening out there, three of which are going to be my relatives. Uh, <laughs> uh, tell, let, let's take it from the beginning. You grew up in California, right? You grew up in California? That's right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Spokane. So go tell me, tell me, give me your story that lot that brought you to Gonzaga. Yeah. So I grew up uh, in the Bay Area of California and halfway through, so Bay Area, grew up an Oakland A's fan. One of my best friend's dads was a season ticket holder. So we'd go to the Coliseum throughout the, the summers there. And it was so fun. And then halfway through high school, my parents said, we're moving to Spokane. Um, and I was going to start my junior year at a new school, new state, new city, a place I had never heard of. Um, and both of my parents born in Mexico. Um, but my siblings and I all Gonzaga alum, uh, both my brother and my sister also graduated from Gonzaga, um, grew up in, in the U S. Um, and so my parents being from Mexico, very Catholic, were like, you know, there's this great university out in Spokane called Gonzaga. And I was so devastated that we were moving. And so I was like, never heard of it. Don't want to go. I'm coming back to California. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, to school probably somewhere in Southern California. Um, that's where my, my grandparents live. And so I wanted to go back. Um, and as we were looking at, we had made the move, not as bad as I thought. Everyone was really nice in Spokane, <laughs> but as a high school student, I thought it was the end of the world. Um, I was looking at colleges and applying and my mom kept insisting, you know, why don't we check out Gonzaga? It's 20 minutes away. I went to school in Spokane Valley. Um, it's where we lived. And I was like, fine, I'll go. And then you can stop talking about the school and we'll continue on with this college search process. And I just, I truly ended up walking on campus and being like, dang it, my mom was right. I like this place. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the rest was history. And I just, I think the, the key part for me was walking through 
the student center at the time, which was Crosby, and just seeing all the students interact and holding the doors like open for each other and pe seeing people on the couch and hearing them talk about how was your how was your exam? Weren't you studying for it? I saw you in the library the other day. And I'm like, wow, people really care about each other here. And I kept going back for a few more visits and um, really like, I mean, I feel like you hear it all the time, community, community. But that's how I ended up at Gonzaga. And it really was just the springboard to, to where I'm at now. Um, and there's no other place that I could have imagined going to school. So I always think back at my junior high self, um, or sorry, junior year self of high school and just letting her know, man, you're in for a real treat if you were just to listen to your mom from the very beginning. <laughs> but but that's how I ended up there. And I, I always knew I wanted to study business and study accounting. For me, it was just very logical, the, the math side of my brain versus more my creative side. <laughs> Did you, did you have some accounting in high school or anything like that? Or how yeah, you... I took, okay. yep, yep. I took an accounting class um, in high school um, and uh, as like an elective. Um, and yeah, it, it clicked. I was like, okay, I think I can, I can do this. Um, and so I didn't really, I think when I got to Gonzaga, I didn't know what the big four were. I didn't know what audit was aside from like tax audit like <laughs> the IRS does um as most people uh think um and so Gonzaga just really started to to kind of form like here's what it's like afterward and and that's what I ended up doing ultimately after after Gonzaga was going into their uh audit practice at Deloitte here in the Seattle office so yeah 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 so. I came from a long line of accountants and zags and so at, at the time like when i was a student here my grandfather still had an office he was retired and i'd come in and say hey i'm thinking about computer science or and he's like that'd be a great combination with accounting it's just always everything was yep. a great combination with accounting so uh i'm glad you found it more organically i, I had no and i love it but i had, I really had no choice in the matter so. yeah yeah i remember i was like doubtful i was like you know i don't I think I do want to go down this path, but I want to make, potentially explore some other things. And my counselor at Gonzaga was like, accounting's the foundation. Like, I highly recommend you you stick with it. And it really is. To this day, I meet with, I mean, our marketing department, our ballpark ops department, and we talk accounting, finance, budgets, all of that. So I I believe it now I'm seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I tell folks, I feel like I can get on any nonprofit board because um, everyone's looking for someone with financial and or accounting acumen. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, and you want to be treasurer? Welcome aboard kind of thing. Exactly. Everybody wants free, free advice. As yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Yeah. Okay, so then you make you make the jump over to Seattle. You're at Deloitte. Mm-hmm. Yep. Audit, ticking and tying, all that fun. All yeah. that. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's right. Um, and I, I mean, I call it luck because by luck I was put on the Mariners audit uh, team. So we'd come out um in the winter after the baseball season was over and. They would hand us over their books and their all their support and we'd start testing and ticking and tying and i was on that account for six years and was an audit staff audit senior audit manager um and just kept coming back did their their normal financial statement audit plus their benefit plan audit as well and just developed a really good relationship i mean i never growing up an Oakland A's fan, never saw it as a business. I always walked into the ballpark and it was just a lot of fun. It was just entertainment. And then lo and behold, obviously there's a whole business plan behind all of it. And so after having audited the Mariners the first year, I never walked into a sporting event looking at it the same way. So true. <laughs> everything, everything, everything. Um, and, you know, and I, I connect with um, high school and college students 
frequently and I tell them all the time, no matter what industry you go into, like there's an accountant that's behind the scenes. So just because you go into accounting doesn't mean you can't go into the music industry or sports, um, fashion, whatever. There's, there's a role for an accountant there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So after that, um, I stuck with them after six years, I knew I didn't want to go the partner route at the firm. Um, and I started to look at really evaluating a company, like going to an, a company whose mission statement I believed in. If I was going to get up every morning, um, I wanted to make sure I believed in their, their product, what they put out, whether it was a product or a service, in addition to, you know, you hear it a lot, the people that you work with, like their culture. Um, but for me, a lot of it was like, okay, I really wanted to go to a company whose, whose mission statement I, I believed in. And so, um, I thought about going to, or applied Costco and Alaska airlines and I have family in Mexico. I'd love to travel. So I was like, Alaska airlines would be great. Their employee benefits are, are fantastic. Uh, and I, I took a job with Alaska and I ended up telling all my audit clients, you know, I'm leaving in two weeks for a new job. So I won't be on this engagement anymore, but you'll be in good hands. And at that point, the Mariners were like, wait, what you're, you're leaving. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Alaska airlines. And they're like, would you consider, you know, working for, for us? Like we have an opening. Um, it hasn't, hasn't been posted. So it's going to be newly out there. Like, and I was like, I'm leaving in like two weeks and I've already signed this. And they're like, we, you know, let's, let's chat about all, all of this and what it could look like. And I ended up calling Alaska and saying, I am so sorry. There's this opportunity that I never thought would, I would get presented and I, I have to take it. Um, otherwise I'm always going to wonder what if, and I felt, I felt terrible. Cause I, I can't imagine having gone through as an employer through an interview process and then finding your candidate and then being like, oops. So, <laughs> but ultimately, I mean, they were, they were great about it. Um, and I ended up starting with, with the Mariners like a month later. Um, and it all worked out and I've been here for, for six years now. So I started off as their financial reporting manager and Mariners controller at the time, also a, a Gonzaga alum. Um, so I worked with her and then um, she left to go work in our HR department here at the Mariners. And now I'm controller um, and have been here ever since. And that's that's how I got to, <laughs> to where I'm at today. So it's like a Gonzaga takeover of, uh, of the Mariners. I love it. I love it. It is. It is. All the time during a basketball season, they always come to, to her and I. are like, oh, okay, where's your Gonzaga stuff? It's, it's fun. Sure. Now, are, do you find that you're getting bumped off a lot of Alaska flights? Just uh, inexplicably <laughs> bumped off a lot. Like, My name's in their system. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, luckily that yeah, has great, not happened. <laughs> great, great programs. Now, you you mentioned you you speak with some high school students, um, and uh, I know you've been involved with ACAP, the Accounting mm-hmm. Careers Awareness Program, for for some time. I th- you're still involved, I assume. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Talk, talk a little bit about that and what you do and the impact. I mean, it's such a cool program. Um, yeah. So ACAP stands for um, Accounting Career um, Awareness Program. And the mission of this not-for-profit is to um, bring awareness to the accounting profession to uh, um, high school students who haven't, um, one, haven't gotten to college yet and therefore haven't elected a major in hopes that when they get to college, they'll select accounting as one of their majors and then eventually make it into um, the accounting profession. And these students in high school are um, like students of color. And so the hope is to bring more diversity to to the accounting profession. Um, As I mentioned earlier, both of my parents um, were uh, born in Mexico. And so never having gone through the college application process, let alone what a big four 
was or what any of that. I mean, I felt like some of my um, student, like fellow students at Gonzaga, they either knew someone or had a parent or sibling or neighbor or friend, family friend that had worked at, uh, at Deloitte, heard about Deloitte, heard about just audit in general and, and what that looked like, but I didn't know anyone that did. And so as I was going through my years at Gonzaga, I was kind of like, okay, who are these people that are coming? So I, I would have benefited from a program like ACAP in high school. So we bring these students out for a week to the University of Washington and simulate, uh, we have, um, sorry, uh, UW professors come and lecture on accounting, um, or they can get give a, a course on Excel or how to um, prep your resume, um, any college application questions you may have, get them in touch with professionals. So this whole week is jam-packed for these students to um, sit through classes. They go visit um, accounting firms throughout Seattle and meet professionals in, in the audit practice and tax practice. Um, and we also bring them out to, to the ballpark and, and talk about um, accounting careers outside of the big four and what that looks like. Um, so just giving them a, a glimpse into what an accounting career might look like. I think sometimes accounting can get a a wrap that's it's boring and you're just sitting behind a computer all day like crunching numbers it is the opposite of that i mean the number of meetings and collaboration sessions that you're having with other departments um even in audit practice i mean you're never alone in audit you're always with someone um in in a meeting talking with the client talking with your team bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, and so that's what ACAP tries to, to reach out to these, these students and let them know, hey, there's, there's this career path. Um, and I let them all know, I'm like, if, at the end of this week, if you don't like accounting and it's not for you, that's okay. But eventually, if you go into marketing or go into sales and you start moving up in your career, you're gonna bump up against a meeting where you have to manage a budget and you have to allocate revenue or uh, your expenses or um, manage your team's time, whatever it may be, the financial numbers tell the story and you're gonna need to present it to somebody on your team. Um, so I let them know, no matter what, at least keep this in mind and, and take a class or two, even if it's, if it's a, uh, extracurricular or an elective but highly recommend it yeah that's it's so true and that's like i feel like a universal comment um i've gone on we have these trek programs in counseling and i've been mm -hmm. so fortunate to go on a couple of them i've been i went to the london trek this spring what yeah that's awesome yeah it was, it was the second or they did one before covid and this was the the second one um it, it was incredible um and in New York and in the Bay Area, I mean, anybody who touches business or even government yep. or nonprofit, it's got to know it. You got to know, you got to yep. speak intelligently about you do. some accounting stuff. So, yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm so excited that that you're still involved with that program. And I, I think, you know, we're we're doing something similar here. We did we did speak with ACAP for a while um, and then uh, had some work with Wazoo. Um, but we're focusing a lot on a little smaller program with uh, the Cowspell Tribe. So, oh, nice! Um, so we're we're pretty excited about that. Hopefully, uh, it looks like likely this spring we'll have a little a little a program on campus. Just not as big as ACAP, where you guys. Sure. I mean, I was the last thing I need to be is to be responsible for high school kids in dorms <laughs> for multiple days. So we'll just make it a day trip and yeah maybe catch oh. a, a zag baseball game or a soccer game or something like that that's great let me know when you guys have it i'd love to stop by and help definitely, you anyway. definitely. Yeah. yeah it's 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 pretty exciting and then and you mentioned uh family from mexico i also want to share with you something i'm super excited about mm -hmm. um so our new study abroad director is from mm -hmm. buenos aires 
Um, and so in 2014, my wife and I went down there. Um, my wife speaks pretty good Spanish. Nice. I, barely speak, I barely speak English. <laughs> so like literally like this, the third day, she's like, just stop talking. Like embarrassing. Like, you know, I'm like saying Buenos Aires and stuff like that. I'm just, <laughs> that's it's a beautiful language. Um, um, but when we left, I was I was like, why don't we have programs in South and Central America? I mean, why? I mean, I suppose students do one-offs here and there, but like, there should be like a like a Gonzaga in Quito or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I met with her last week, uh, and where I'm hoping that we can kind of be in a pilot program on the accounting side. I, I want to require like a global uh, aspect to the actual degree program. Um, and I don't know what that looks like, whether it's two weeks or eight weeks, uh, and it doesn't have to be Argentina specific, but sure. somewhere in Central or South America. I'm interested in oh. so much sense to me that that we would go that direction. Um, so we'll keep you posted on that too. I'm that really sounds phenomenal. That sounds so, so fantastic. Uh, I'm sure you'd have so many accounting students who would be so excited. Yeah, no, and it's, and it's you know, we're expensive higher ed compared to the rest of the world for the most part mm -hmm. but what we want to do is just do like a credit for credit kind of exchange like hey i i'm going to send five students you know down to wherever um peru they're going to take six credits you send me five students at six credits or whatever the yeah. you know, credit load balance mm -hmm. have them pay you like normal even. so anyway yeah so. oh that sounds fantastic. Yeah. That'd be so cool. I mean, it's so just, cool. it's, it's so important, I think, because, I mean, business is so international now. Yep. Um, and, I mean, we, we, we call it the enrollment cliff, um, or to refer to as that in higher ed. Between 2025 and 2029, there's going to be a drop in college-bound high school graduates, like some say as much as 20% over that period. Uh, domestic, I should say. Um, so then you look at the profession and, and I know you're not probably involved with the firm side of stuff now that you're in the industry, but I mean, there's such a demand for accountants. Yeah. Why so low? I mean, it just yeah. makes infinite sense. That, you know, we do things like make accounting STEM designated. So international students get three years instead of one year of working here. I mean, let's, let's, let's fill that need with qualified individuals from all over the world. Why not? Why wouldn't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the whole concept of the diversity of thought is such a real thing. There is more than one way to solve for something and just collaborating with people that have different backgrounds and different ideas. It just gives you such an eye-opening yeah. experience. I mean, I feel like any time that I travel outside of the US is just just the way people go about their mornings or how they spend their evenings is so different from here in in the US. We're just so it's so easy to get stuck in your normal routine, in your normal bubble. This is the exit I take. This is the building I walk into every day. Um and that's that and then you kind of get out and you see, oh wow, you know, families go out for a walk in the plaza on Sunday evenings, or they have, you know, all these different things. They're just like, wow, like it's just something so simple kind of opens up kind of that regular way of thinking that when you come to meetings and start to have to brainstorm certain things, you're just like, oh, wait a minute, you have that life experience. Maybe this, this, and this will tie together. And it's just fascinating. So I, I'm, huge advocate for for getting people these experiences outside of our normal day-to-day -day routine and for sure. culture and 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 also when you're in a country where you don't speak their native language and you're forced to adapt um really gives you a sense of awareness i guess of of the luxury we have to speak english and that it's spoken worldwide um we see that a lot with our players that come from either Japan, Korea, or Latin America, the Dominican right. Republic, and they're put into these um, scenarios where it's an interview or something like that, and they're 
having to do it in English, which is not their native language. And when we flip it and try to get an English speaking player to talk in Spanish for an interview, they're like, whoa, wait a minute. This is what you go through every day. And, and they're like, yeah. And I have a coach talking to me in English, trying to understand what the strategy and the play is going to be or what I have to focus on. And I don't fully understand it. And it just really gives you a sense of, of, uh, a perspective of how we we walk through the world so yeah it's that's so so true Mm -hmm. um yeah I was in Peace Corps in the Republic of Georgia oh cool I didn't know that yeah yeah and it it was now this is an area where very few people are speaking English so it wasn't really a choice like if I wanted to get like my laundry done I I better start learning it was terrifying at first I know it's like oh my gosh what was what is their what is their native language they speak Georgian um, and those it's got its own alphabet, not, not the Russian Cyrillic alphabet. Um, it's got like 30, what I should remember, 33 letters in it or something. Um, so they speak Georgian and then different areas. I mean, there'll be Armenian pockets, Azerbaijan uh, is spoken, which is similar to Turkish. Um, and then everyone has a, a grasp of Russian because that's kind of the, oh, okay. the, the area, but um yeah, it, politically, we were basically, you didn't want to speak Russian, um, you wanted to speak Georgian, basically. Mm-hmm. Was, there was, in that neighborhood, that's kind of the imperial power that bullies, you know, uh, all the neighbors. So it wasn't, wasn't very favored, but, yeah. you know, I also think it, learning language, it kind of changes your brain, how you think, and how, I mean, it's just so reflective of how a culture approaches Kind of like food, right? You know, like food oh. reflective of your culture and how that it, it and you talk about diversity of thought and different viewpoints. I mean, it's just so true when you learn a language and yeah. it's so needed, right? We gotta start thinking outside of the box with yeah. a lot of stuff we coming down the pipeline. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's scary on some levels, but for sure. It does. We were the other day, my friends from Mexico and I, um, we were talking about wanting to explain something in English, but there's only one word in Spanish to describe this like set of words in um, in English or in Spanish. And so, yeah, it's just so, so fascinating. We're like, man, I wonder how many other languages have the same thing where there's one word for something um, in their language, but in English, it's like, you can't even summarize <laughs> what that means. Um, you can use like, you know, a couple of words. And so just a perspective of, oh yeah, we say this all the time, but I don't really say it with my English speaking friends, <laughs> say it with my Spanish speaking friends. So I completely agree with you as far as a language really opens up um, your mind and your heart to the culture because you're able to engage with the people in that, that country um, a lot deeper than you would have otherwise. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit. So at, at Gonzaga, you, um, you studied accounting. Did you have another concentration or? Anything? International business. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, and then you go through that out. You, you have yeah, Dr. Beer, I would imagine. I did. Yep. Dr. Carnes at all? Uh, she, she might have been. I want to say she retired 2010, 2011-ish. Um, around there but I know I don't remember that yeah that class yeah maybe she's did you get your master's did you get a master's no I didn't no I did um some summer so I took Dr. Beer's summer class in order to be able to go to Gonzaga in Florence which is where I studied abroad so in order to do that I had six credits during the summer plus I came in with some AP credits um and was able to graduate enough with um, for the CPA, but there were a couple of courses I had to take in the summer to make that happen. So never, never got my master's. Brutal courses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you so you went to flow. Was it a full year then, or just a no? I wish just a okay. semester. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I went, you had to go for the whole year. It was a two semester. Um, yeah, I'm so so glad and so grateful that. I was able to do the semester and that the full year wasn't required just because then I wouldn't have had the opportunity right. at right. all to make it happen. But um, 
my friends that stayed for the whole year versus my friend group that we only did a semester, very different experiences, yeah. uh, just because they were able to get the hang of it, their routines down in, in Florence and, and all of that. But I'm glad I, I went even for just a semester. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah it's, it's all worth it. I think it's how, even if you did a summer or a couple of weeks, I mean, it's absolutely. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about um, accounting. Historically, a lot of males, a lot of white males. Uh, we we had a so I'm on the Washington Society CPA board. Oh, nice! Uh, and we had a, a a meeting, and this guy goes, "We have a problem. We have a, he goes, we have a PMS problem. Our 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 industry is pale, male, and stale, <laughs> like reflective of." thought processes, right? Largely, you know, this old school, here's how it's done. You know, you have new generations of students coming up that have different expectations and wants and needs when it comes to, to work. Um, I saw a stat the other day, I think, uh, from the AICPA, and I'll probably mess this up, but 60% of CPAs, a little under 60% are female, and they only hold 28% of the leadership roles. Um, and I, I say that because, right, your first generation college mm -hmm. student, uh, or first generation of your family, and then you embark on a, a historically male-dominated uh, field. What, how, how do you explain how challenges, how you get through them, what that experience, if you could? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of too facet. I feel like sometimes when I find myself in meetings um, throughout my career, it's like, okay, am I thinking this way because I'm a woman? Am I thinking this way because I'm Latina? Am I thinking about this because I'm I'm young and still have more to, to develop from a career perspective? There's all these different, you know, trains of thoughts that go through my mind in a meeting. And I always wonder, I'm like, are my colleagues thinking the same thing or are they focused on on what's on the agenda? But then I get I find myself getting nervous, um, like maybe I, I don't know this or maybe I'm gonna misspeak and in the, um, I don't know if you call it a lack of, of confidence, but um, in, I feel like women, we don't, in Latinos to a certain extent, don't, um, aren't boastful of maybe their knowledge or their experience or what they can bring to the table. Um, I've talked to a lot of friends of mine who are uh, women and it's just like, we just inherently think like someone else has a better idea. And so why would I ever share my idea or a different approach? And I've gone through that um, mentality for a while. And I think until I was in a controller role where I had more of a, a leadership uh, role in an organization that I start to kind of change that mentality of oh, no, wait, that is a good idea. I should share it. I shouldn't just assume <laughs> that I that I don't. And so I don't know if by having that mentality up front, um, it's limiting sometimes on, on our next career steps. Um, because I also think that women and anyone with a diverse background can bring more people together to collaborate on a project and not just, all right, we're driving, getting it done, go. Um, and I feel like slowly I've been starting to, to learn that and be, be less afraid. It's just, I think by the time that, um, as I was, you know, progressing in my career, it was like, I just assumed everyone else knew more, everyone else was right. And I would do whatever it takes to, to get the job done and and work as a team player. Um, and I have been extremely fortunate um, here at the Mariners to have leadership and people above me um, that are encouraging of a different perspective where I think if I was somewhere else that may not have been um, the case for me where it's like, all right, she's not speaking up, move along versus having someone that's encouraging you to share your, 
your thoughts. It can be scary to, to put your neck out there and say, this is my idea, contributing it to the table. And if it gets poo-pooed, then that's okay. I'll learn from whatever feedback they have. Um, and so that was something that I, I struggled with at the beginning. It's just walking into meetings and being like, well, they all seem to know what they're doing. So I'll leave it that way. Um, and our CFO, our president, our owner, um, I really give them a lot of kudos for, for trying to put me in those positions to, to share the perspective. And I think we need more of those, I don't know if you call them allies, mentors, you know, leadership, all of those facets to, to identify maybe the, the group of individuals that may have these preconceived notions, because that is what the industry has looked like in the past, or um, the company culture has looked like in the past. Um, And so I, I guess I share that um, because it's not just like a woman's problem to solve or a Latino's problem to solve. It's, it's all of our um, like problem to, to solve. And so I think anyone who's white or male, or if you are in the majority in any group, it is your responsibility to make sure that everyone feels included. Um, even goes like for age, like if you have young people on your team, not making them feel like you haven't worked enough, your input doesn't matter. It's like everyone can bring a different perspective and you can learn from one sentence that someone shares, it can spark an idea and a conversation and lead a, a project in a certain direction that maybe wasn't planned. And it turns out to be a great move. Um, and so, so yeah, I think just encouraging everyone to, to do that. Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been a lot of almost talking to myself in the mirror and being like, nope, you're, you're worthy. You're prepared. You work hard, you treat people right, you have good ideas, you know what you're doing. Um, and I constantly have to tell myself that in, in meetings, like have this little Monica in my mind that's like, all right, speak up. Like you have this idea and it's okay. What's the worst that can happen? Like, you're not going to get fired for sharing an idea and people aren't going to think anything less of you. Um, so that's kind of, kind well, of my, my take on, on that. Yeah. So that was very well put, I feel. And you're doing awesome, obviously. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. I do have, yeah, very, again, very fortunate to have the leaders that I that I have here that are encouraging me uh to to develop myself uh, professionally and teaching along the way. I think that they're that's one of the great things. I think my takeaway from my time at Gonzaga is that. The students, like we were helping each other where it wasn't a project, um, extracurricular activity, you're helping someone move dorms. Like you're always helping someone at Gonzaga. You never, I never at least was maybe fortunate enough to ever feel alone. Like if I ever had a question, professors were there. If I was ever homesick, like the faculty was there. If, um, I don't know, need help with something, like your friends were there. And I think that really sticks with you throughout your, your career, because I think you start, at least for me, it wasn't until I left Gonzaga that I was like, oh, not everyone's college experience was like Gonzaga. It's like, no, I have like three friends from, (laughs) from UW or no, we were in a, you know, auditorium of X number of students in a class. I'm like, oh, I just assumed everyone's life was like this, which is probably a, an assumption we all make of a whole bunch of things in our lives. But um, I think that has also helped um, me as a leader is just making sure, are you all right? Are you all right? Okay. Like everyone have what they need, everyone feeling good as they walk in every morning. Like, I know you enough to know that, you know, you're not this quiet or you're, you know, whatever it may be, just making sure you're checking in on the the person just as much as the 
professional output in projects that they put out. So I think that's something really, really special from leaders that come out of Gonzaga. For sure. You, you definitely see a lot of it. And, I, and I've gone to, I went to, to grad school at, at big public schools in drastically different experience, right? So just mm -hmm. the, the community aspects are different. Um, and I mean, I, I love Gonzaga. And, and there's goods and bads to both approach, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm hoping my kids come, come to a, go to a Jesuit school or a yes. smaller liberal arts background. Absolutely. When I first went, I remember coming back home, even though I was, I grew up in Spokane Valley, I made a really strict rule with my parents where I said, I'm going away to college and I get to decide when I come back. I would love to see you for lunch, but I want to decide, like, let's meet up. I really want this college experience. Um, and I remember coming back, uh, I think it was my sister's birthday in October. It's like right after we started school. And I just loved Gonzaga like I just came back like raving about it my brother's two years younger my sister's four years younger and I was like you guys have to come here it's the best place ever <laughs> like I just I really loved it and they both they both went to Gonzaga and graduated from there so I understand what you say by you want what's best but you secretly hope they go to Gonzaga totally, totally. yeah yeah as a Spokane kid I, so I used to do my own laundry in high school but when I got to college I figured it out pretty quickly if I snuck home on the weekend and started my laundry, miraculously, it was done when, if I went back on a Sunday and folded nicely. So um, it's like, I just came to say hello. <laughs> if mom, mom, if you're listening, I, I intended to finish it. You just got, you beat me to it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so are, you, are your offices in T-Mobile? They are. Yes. Yes. I'm at the so ballpark right now. So if you're, you know, if we got a Wednesday game, you're just, you know, oh. You're on video conference calls and there's 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 baseball happening outside. Absolutely. That's it is awesome. so fun because you can actually hear the cheering. And so we're like, oh, something good just happened. So we can be like, yeah, in a meeting. Um, or it's really fun when we have uh, concerts at T-Mobile Park. They do their sound check during the day, the day before the concert. So you can wow. hear like the concert going on. So wait, it's really oh, cool. Wait. Taylor was Swift was in. Oh, was that Lumen? Okay. I would have loved it if she was at T-Mobile. <laughs> that would have been that would have been great. Some of our um, MLB uh, colleagues were actually fortunate enough to host the Bad Bunny concert, and they just said that it was so fun and just like did great financially, but that a lot of people were a lot of players like even if they were on the road, they like would go back to their ballpark to like watch Bad Bunny and then go back. So I'm like, man, gotta get those kind of artists yeah. out there. So, yeah, so so it's fun. And yeah, there's, it's one of the perks about the job is that I love walking into the ballpark and walking by the side of the field. There's something that it's a completely different feeling walking into a ballpark where it's completely empty versus when it's full, when there's a lot of energy in it, like it's just a different experience and both are great in their own way. Um, but when there's a day game, it's nice to be able to walk out, take lunch, what ballpark food do I want today? And then catch an inning or two, come back. Oh, that's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. And you know, I, so I've, I've been to Fenway and I've been to Greenfield mm. and those fans oh these are the classic ballpark I'm like you need to go to a new modern ballpark that's the real experience like <laughs> I mean it's way you know nicer seats more room yeah, you know all these activities exactly and, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Icon iconic ballparks for sure but there's yeah I'm biased obviously to T-Mobile Park but for I, sure. I love it here I love it it is a beautiful beautiful ballpark and you and you can spend a fair amount of time. You mentioned like colleagues at other organizations. Now, full disclosure, mm -hmm. I am I am a I, I love the Mariners, but the Padres are my are my team. And oh, you're, like, you're from Spokane. How do you like the Padres? And exactly. Was, like in the early '90s, there was like Fred McGriff and Tony Gwynn were awesome. And so I'm like, I need a team. I don't want it to be the Dodgers because everyone likes the Dodgers, and I would rather pull my fingernails out before I was a Yankees fan or a Red Sox. Oh fan. God, yeah. I went with, I went with the Padres uh good tough. team i love their ballpark too yeah well yeah and i've and i've not been to petco yet but um oh you should go i've seen you on linkedin like 
every once in a while liking a Padres thing. So I'm assuming because you share in uh, Peoria, Arizona, you guys share a facility, right? Mariners. We do. We share a facility and actually our VP of finance, um, he, during the pandemic, went to live in Palm Springs, loved it so much that he ended up staying down there and um, just perfect timing from an opportunity perspective. The Padres were looking for a VP of finance. So he went over to the the Padres and he's there now. So that's why I'm always liking some of their their stuff on there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. As so. long as at least it was another American League team, it was a national league. So that's right. That exactly. That's true. We actually, you know, we had the Padres in town for a two-game series was it last week, two weeks ago. Um it was a great turnout at the ballpark. I mean, the Padres fans showed up. Mariners yeah. fans did too, but we were I was surprised for a Tuesday, Wednesday game. Um, the, the Padres fan. I think some San Diego people were like, yeah, my team's in town. Yeah, well, they're certainly spending the money to bring in big players. The results are another question, but <laughs> that's true. It's a cruel game. Well, let me close with a question. Um that I, I'm, I'm asking everybody on the pod here. Um, what what advice would you give to a young budding professional graduate, Gonzaga, any kind of graduate out there as she embarks on uh, a career, and I guess it could be in business or accounting or anything, but but based on your journey and the things you do and all the cool stuff you're involved in, what nugget of wisdom? I mean, if I were to give advice, it's maybe not so much professional advice um, as it is more personal, I guess. I don't, I, my recommendation or my advice would be to put your phone down and don't get on social media because it'll consume you. I think that there's a lot of conversations I've had with friends in the past of, how easy it is to compare yourself in life in general, right? When you're walking around Gonzaga, this person, they're majoring in this and they know they want to do this. And you're like, oh, I really don't know. Like, and so you're constantly, you know, measuring yourself up against someone. And I think that social media just exponentially does that. And so having more meaningful conversations in person um, and instead of, scrolling through social media to find out how someone is doing, whether that someone is a good friend or an acquaintance, maybe taking the time to either call them or send them a text to get together for lunch sometime. Um, but I think that those genuine connections are few and far between. And we get so busy in our day-to-day, -day, but I think that's what makes them so special. And I think as, as a graduate, um, I mean, you're trying to absorb everything, right? And there's so much unknown in the world um, after college. In high school, you knew you had to study. You knew what grades you had to get. You knew that after 10th grade came 11th, after 11th came 12th. Your freshman year, sophomore year, you have your curriculum all planned out. Like, you know what it takes to get an A. And then you start the real world and it's like the real world, the, you know, your career and you don't know what's next. You're kind of like, oh, I get to decide if I want to stay here another year. I get to decide if I, you know, want to join this non-for-profit. And so you have way more direction on where you want to take your, your life in the future. Um, and I think making those connections with people in person um, can help kind of lay down the next stepping stone without making you feel like you have to compare yourself all the time. And I'm sure there's some kind of psychology study of what social media really does to our, our brains, but um, I must have been Five, six years ago, I made a conscious decision to not have social media except for LinkedIn. And at first people thought I was crazy, but it's one of the best things that I've done for, for my, I don't know if it's mental health or just relationships in general, but I highly recommend people just being more 
conscious because it's so easy to just whip out your phone and spend an hour or two um, doing that. Or you can be riding on the bus with your friend and you guys are just both on your phone and not really connecting. So just making sure you're not missing out on those, those moments. So I think that would be my advice is to, to be more or self self-aware of, of the time and what social media does, does to us. So, so true. I'm, I'm a LinkedIn only person as well. And I, and I dropped Facebook it was probably like 2006 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was some kind of situation where I think I was at a bar and someone tagged me in some photos with, you know, taking shots or something like yeah. that. And then like my kindergarten teacher like tries to friend me that same day. I'm just like, I'm getting off. I can't, I can't. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we tell our um, PR team, we tell players all the time you like something you get recorded somewhere your image is out there once something's on the internet there's no there's no taking it down right Um, so it's just really making sure that that you're careful with yeah all of that that stuff so yeah kudos for being on that early because yeah yeah it's yeah it's especially what i hear now i'm very unfamiliar with and all that but I know I know the other day when we hosted it was about a month ago we hosted the ACAP students here at the ballpark and they were just like oh yeah you know Miss Marmalade held the, the TikTok and blah, blah I was like oh my gosh I feel so old I, <laughs> I don't have I've never never got on that platform like anything else I can be like oh yeah I remember that but I don't I can't I totally get yeah. it <laughs> great marketing tool great marketing tool but tough tough on on the personal side of things so (laughs) well awesome well thank you so much for your time uh really appreciate it and uh this this was awesome no thank you thank you for your time and appreciate everything you're doing for for the school of business awesome cheers see ya